Hey, what's up? It's Boondock. Over the years, you've seen political posts that I've posted on social media, or if you've hung out with me at all in person, you know that I've talked politics. It doesn't usually start off that way, but it always goes down that path eventually. The reason is because no matter what it is that you're trying to accomplish or no matter what you're talking about, no matter what's happening in the world, at some point, it always comes down to politics. Take the way things are right now. Almost everything you do in life is being impacted right now, whether it's your religion, whether it's the way you look, your race, whether you're trying to read a Dr. Seuss book, whether you accidentally refer to somebody that they don't like to be referred to as, it just never ends. Political correctness, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, is absolutely destroying everything around you. And at some point, it'll start to turn on itself because that's what it does. I don't want to sit around talking about politics all the time, but what I do know is that you have to have discussions. You can't just sit in fear that you're going to say something wrong, and then as soon as you say something wrong, now you got to face the consequences. We have to have discussions. We have to have dialogue. We have to talk. The only way that's going to happen is if people like myself and you and your neighbors and people around you stop being afraid and come out and talk, bring things up. I'm a firm believer that most people that I come into contact with on a daily basis are good people. They're not hateful people. They're not mean. They're not racist. They're not trying to cause trouble. They just want to survive and thrive in a world where they know they can send their kids to school, they can be safe as a family, and they can enjoy freedoms and liberties that we once enjoyed and that we want to continue to enjoy for the next generation. So I've decided to go ahead and start a political show. It's more of a political slash culture slash sports slash what on earth is going on in the world today. Let's have an open discussion about it show. But I couldn't fit all of that into the title because my logo guy would have an aneurysm. So we're going to call it Fearless. You can sit around and complain about things all you want as soon as the doors are closed and nobody else can hear you outside. But if you don't open up dialogue and you don't stand up for yourself and you don't have an intelligent conversation or make a step towards trying to better the situation that you're complaining about, then you're just moving air. So let's have a discussion. Over the next however long this show stays on the air, we're gonna have guests on who may not agree with everything that I say, but we are gonna have discussions and we are gonna talk about things. Some of those discussions are gonna be uncomfortable. Some of them are gonna be very good. Some of them will be incredibly productive, but they will always be respectful of each other, even if it doesn't seem like it at the moment because people are getting heated, but it's gonna be things we gotta talk about. We'll have celebrities, sports figures, community leaders, business owners, and politicians who will come in here, sit down, and we'll discuss the things that are impacting the world today. Okay, that starts today with this show. Last May, one of the most passionate and talented radio and TV personalities in the entire country, who was right here in Northern California, was fired abruptly from Bonneville Radio and had to step down from his TV play-by-play -play job for the Sacramento Kings after 32 years on the job because a former NBA basketball player who played for the Sacramento Kings sent a tweet out to him asking him what he thought about the movement Black Lives Matter. His answer not only got him fired from radio where he had spent 26 years talking about sports on a national level, but it also forced him to have to step away from the Sacramento Kings play-by-play -play job where he had sat for 32 years. 
After that, there was outrage. But a lot of the people who were outraged at the fact that he had been fired were afraid to speak up for fear that they would be fired or canceled as well. It's gotta stop. And we have to try and understand each other. Both sides. What you're about to hear now is one of the first interviews that Grant Napier has done since he walked away from the Sacramento Kings and was fired by Bonneville Radio almost a year ago. He has since relocated to Florida and enjoys a brand new podcast called If You Don't Like That, it's a sports talk show. You should check it out if you ever liked Grant Napier, who has forgotten more about sports than most of us will ever know. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy this almost hour-long conversation where we start to talk about the things that are impacting the world right now and how we can fix it. Mr. Napier. What's happening, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, listen, I appreciate you doing this. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do it for you. Listen, Grant was a huge figure here in Sacramento. Of course, he hosts his own show right now, his own podcast. If you don't like that with Grant Napier, he's also been a a host with uh, the Jim Rome Show. He's filled in with Jim. He was at Sports 1140 KSDK in Sacramento where... Uh, he was there for, what were you there for, Grant? 24, 25 years, something like that? 20, 26 years. Yeah, 26 years. Gosh, 26 years. Now, that's where I met Grant. I met him before because we both worked for CBS, but when I uh, went to go do mornings at Sports 1140 is really where I got to know Grant. I have uh, uh, come to know him as as a super knowledgeable guy, good dude, good man, good father, good husband, and not maybe the person you think you have heard about over the last year, and I'm going to let him explain a little bit. Also, I want to let people know, because I think there's a little bit of misinformation out there. Grant was not fired from the Sacramento Kings. Grant resigned from the Sacramento Kings, where he was a uh, play-by-play and probably the best in the NBA for 32 years. And so we'll, we'll jump in right there. Grant, I think it was last year, it was around May sometime, April or May, when you kind of got embroiled in this, in this controversy, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, sends out this, this tweet to you and you responded back to him. And what DeMarcus was asking was what you, what your opinion of Black Lives Matter was, the organization. I think most people understand that the sentiment of Black Lives Matter is a no brainer, but he asked about Black Lives Matter, the organization, or or about what was you know currently a big issue in in America at the, at the time, which was Black Lives Matter and them marching around and, and some of the things that were going on. And you replied back, "All lives matter, every single one of them." Did you think in that time when you were talking with Demarcus, who I assume probably considered to be a friend? Um, and I've seen interactions with you two over the years. It seemed like that was the case to me. Were you stunned that some saying something like that was considered controversial? Yeah, I was blown away. I had no idea that uh, saying all lives matter was uh, counter to uh, many people uh, that are black in our country as it relates to Black Lives Matter. I had no idea. Uh, listen, I mean, it was May 31st. Uh, I was sitting at home. On my couch, I'm watching all of the looting. I'm watching all of the riots. And I'm watching all of this. And I'm like, man, why the hell can't we come together as a society? Why are we fighting against each other? You know, why Why is there so much uh, uh, hatred and animosity and, and just ugliness between 
you know, white and black and this and that. I'm like, why the hell can't we just all come together for once and all? And so, you know, I responded to the markets. Um, all lives matter. Every single one. Every single one meaning black, Asian, Hispanic, white. I mean, uh, I, I don't really care, you know, what your political belief is. I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care about your ethnicity. You know, if you're a good person, then that's fine in my category. You know, if you're a good person, I don't really care, you know, what your beliefs are. Um, I just was blown away by what happened. I always ask this, you know, do you think that I would deliberately throw a 32-year career down the toilet by knowingly put something out on social media that would cost me my job? Of course not. And I'll tell you something else that's very interesting. How many people, after I put that out on social media, came up to me and said they had no idea that All Lives Matter was looked upon negatively by the black community? I had NBA referees reach out to me. I had sportscasters reach out to me. I had friends reach out to me. I had people that I would run into at the supermarket, restaurants, stores that would come up and give me their support. Um, it's just really hard to explain, but it was, um, yeah, it turned my life upside down. There's no question about it. Yeah, I, you know, and, and people who knew that I was at 1140 have, have asked, they would come up and ask me about it because I, I guess they assumed that you and I, like, bowl together or something. But I was like, hey, hey listen, man, uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know exactly how it went down. I do know that Grant is the furthest thing from a racist or anything like that. So I, I don't understand how that is a controversial thing. I don't have anything bad to say about anybody. I've dealt with DeMarcus over the years in certain situations. I've never had real awesome experiences with him. He's he's always been a, a, a little, I don't know, down on me and, and, and just, I don't know, he... He just, he rubbed me the wrong way sometimes. And when I saw what happened and other people have seriously been talking to me about this since that happened and they're just stunned, blown away because they feel like, you know, DeMarcus intentionally threw it out there to try to get you to say right. something that he knew that you would say, which is very, very obvious that all lives matter simply right. because he wanted to, um, you know, to, to make you look bad in the public. There's no question. There's no question that happened. Now, I would also say this. Had you asked me that question, had anyone else asked me that same question, I would have responded the same way. So, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. people are making this to be me and DeMarcus, but it really had nothing to do with DeMarcus. I would have responded all lives matter every single one to anyone that asked me that question. Yeah, I had some run-ins with DeMarcus, but I mean, uh, do I think he tried to set me up? Well, obviously he did. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone knows that, but you know, I'm, I'm an adult. You know, I'm old enough to make my own decisions, and I decided to put that out on social media because I really felt like, hey, let's all come together. Let's stop all the fighting and let's stop all the hatred. Let's put our arms around each other and let's come together. And that's why I put All Lives Matter, every single one, with an emphasis, I think, put three exclamation points. Yep, yep. Every single one. I, 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 I was brought up in a in a in a family where my dad was a civil rights activist my brother ended up teaching at a predominantly black high school he taught math for 34 years i started a foundation with a gentleman by the name of joe namath in sacramento not the former jets quarterback we started a foundation in the early 2000s called the future foundation mm -hmm. and through my annual golf tournament we have put now over 100 students uh, into college. These are at need, underprivileged kids. We mentor them coming into their sophomore year in high school. And I hate to put people in the groups, but, you know, over one third of our students were black. And yet, you know what? For some reason, 
that doesn't register with people. People don't want to spend two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes peeling back the layers and saying, okay, now wait a minute. Let, let's examine this individual. Let's examine his past. Let's examine his body of work. Okay, was this just something that he said that the intent was misconstrued? Uh, or is there something more here? And people don't want to do that anymore. Cancer culture is a really weird phenomenon. I mean, look at what happened this, you know, recently with Dr. Zeus and his books. I mean, yep. you know, we can go on and on. Uh, cancer culture is a real serious problem in the United States right now. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I believe it was Winston Churchill who, who said long, long time ago, back in the 30s, that uh, it wasn't tanks that were going to destroy um, Western civilization. It was going to be political correctness. And, can- and he didn't say cancel culture, but that's what's happening right now, cancel culture. And that's really, really sure. prevalent in not just um, entertainment and uh, in, 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 in everyday life for people, uh, but it's really heavy duty in sports right now. I'm going to reel off a couple of numbers for you, and I want to get your take on it. Sports viewership uh, has been off an average of about 50% over the last year. Uh, the U.S. Open down 56%, NBA Finals down 50%, tennis down 50%, NHL down 60%. Um, you had uh, the uh, MLB that lost $5.2 billion in 2020. The NBA lost $1.5 billion, and the NFL lost $2.7 billion. Now, some of that has to do with COVID, people not coming to the games and whatnot. But I think that it has to do with the fact that that sports has become uber woke and it's, it's a fake woke in my opinion. And it has taken the rest of America where I have suggested that if you just walk outside your door and you talk to your neighbors, regardless of what color they are, I think we'll see that the the divide is not as big as what the media and some flamethrowers are trying to suggest. And, and so do you think that it's the, the cancel culture and, and the, the wokeism that has happened in sports that are causing people to just shut it off. Because for me, I, 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 you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a huge football fan. I know you are as well. And I didn't watch a single game this year, except for the second half of the Super Bowl because Tom Brady was, (laughs) that's it. You are 100% correct. And I said this even before Colin Kaepernick took a knee. I said, when you start bringing in social and political issues into the sports arena, you're going to have a real problem. And we're now starting to see, we're going to have a real problem. And I will tell you, I think those sports leagues, actually, it's a blessing that they're having a pandemic and fans can't go to the games because I think they would be shocked at the number of fans that are staying away. You know, you just made a great point a moment ago, you know, that the divide is not as great as it appears. And I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I did a podcast on this last week. Uh, it was about four weeks ago. I was at a local restaurant, and I was sitting at the bar eating dinner, and there was a couple next to me, and I've relocated to Florida. Most people know that. Mm-hmm. And this gal and her, at the time, I didn't know if it was her husband or boyfriend, but this guy she was with, she said, hi, how are you? I said, I'm good. How are you? And she said to me, uh, do you live on the island? I said, yeah, I moved here in September. And she goes, oh, that's great. What do you do? And I, I hesitated, and I said, oh, I'm a sportscaster. She goes, oh, wow, really? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, what do you do? And I said, well, and I said, and there were other people around. And I said, you know, it's, it's really a long story. And she goes, oh, it's okay. And I go, no, I go, I'm not really sure how to explain it. We don't, uh, you know. And she then said, hey, I'm having an event here on Saturday at this restaurant. If you want to come, I would love for you to come. So I came to this event on Saturday. 
She handed me her business card, and it was a great event. I ended up texting her after the event with the number on her business card to thank her. Make a long story short, we got together the next day for four hours, okay? And we talked. She wanted to know about my story. By the way, she's black. She's 39 years of age. Her dad is from Nigeria. Her mom is from Louisiana. She was raised in Texas, and she moved to Florida when she was eight years old. All right? So think about this. Different ethnicity, different generation, different walks of life. And just from her saying, hi, how are you, and her boyfriend, and I've met a lot of her friends now, we have had more in-depth talks about race, about life, about relationships, about everything. Okay? I met this individual four weeks ago, and I now consider her one of my dear friends. Mm. And so you are 100% correct. She, I asked her point blank about what I said. She goes, I don't have any problem with you saying all lives matter, every single one. She said, though, you know, we're not saying, when we say black lives matter, we're not saying that white lives don't matter. We're not. All we're saying is the attention needed to be on us during this period of time. And I said, I completely get that. I completely understand that. I absolutely understand where you're coming from. She said, but if I were here right now with all of the friends that I have, they would say the same thing to you, that they would not be offended and they don't have a problem with you saying all lives matter every single one. And so when you just said that the divide is not as great as it's made out to be, I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I'll tell you something else. And I said this on my podcast uh, last week. It doesn't take a lot to just go up to a stranger and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Go up to somebody that doesn't look like you, that, 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 that is a different age group, and just start talking with them. And you'll be very surprised what the response will be. And in this particular case with me, a complete stranger, different ethnicity, everything else has now become a real close friend of mine. And I agree with you. I think that our country is more like that. I think that's more the norm mm-hmm. than the exception. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've noticed it in, in my life and, I, and especially recently because, you know, I, I would say out of, the, out of the, all of the friends that I have, I would say very few of them look like me. And um, it, it's just the way it works out. Um, like you, my, my dad was, uh, uh, you know, was, was part of the civil rights uh, movement. His dad was part of the civil rights movement, always very um, supportive of that movement. They were both ministers. Like it just, it just, I, I grew up raised in Southern California. So it's, it, it's always been that way. And it's, it's still that way to this day. It's just, it's just not as great as what the media is trying to do. And some people are trying to peel us apart in regards to the sports world. Um, Cause I was super turned off uh, with the wokeism and everything. I just, I, I can't, I, I can't get behind sports. I can't support them right now with some of the stuff that they're doing is it's, I just, I feel like it's a great divide with when they have such an opportunity to bring people together and they're choosing not to, but how does sports go about fixing this? I think the, uh, what's the term? The horse is out of the barn. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, sports is going to fix this. I think this is the new norm right now. I've had this conversation with a lot of different people because I wanted to get their opinion on this. And, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going back to the way it used to be. Mm. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't see sports turning back to the way 
you and I, and I think you and I, based on what you're saying, had the same belief. Um, I did watch football this year, but I watched less sports in the last 12 months than I ever have in my entire life. Mm. I did not turn on the football game until the, the ball was in the air on the kickoff. I watched no pregame show, which is unusual. Smart. I would not watch halftime. I would not. I didn't want to hear what they had to say because I knew it wasn't going to be about the game. It was going to be about the anthem and who's kneeling and who's standing. Yep. I don't give a damn. All right. I don't care. I'm watching the football game. That's not. I'm not turning on the game to you know hear who's standing for the anthem, who's kneeling, who's. I don't care. That that puts a bad taste in my mouth. That's me. That's Grant Nature speaking. I'm not speaking to you. I'm not speaking for anyone else. That's not why I watch sports. I don't want to go to a play on Broadway and have the actors and actresses come out before the play starts and tell me what their social and political beliefs are. I don't give a damn. That's not why I'm going to the play. That's not why I turn on sports. That's not why I go to games. And I do spend a lot of money to watch my own favorite sports teams. But I got to tell you, what has happened over the last 12 months has put a, a somewhat of a foul taste in my mouth. And I have turned off a lot of events that I normally would watch. And so I find that when I travel around and I talk to strangers and I talk to people about sports, they're more in line of what you're saying and what I'm saying, that what has happened over the last 12 months has turned them off to a point where they're either not watching or they're not watching in the same quantity as they used to. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the sad thing is, you know, sports, especially, I, I would assume for someone like you who's from New York, uh, probably grew up going to ball games uh, at the ballpark. Sure. Um, and, you know, me as well. Uh, my, my pop's taken me, and, and it, it just, sports got handed down to me. I handed it down to my sons. I handed it down to my daughter. But, um, yep. we, we, I really believe that this may be the last generation where that kind of happens. And if that is the case because of how things are going, then sports stands to, to lose a lot of money. And I've got to think at some point they've, they've got to do some sort of about face or at least sure. try to find some way to, to make up that revenue. Cause it's, I'm not about the cancel culture. I don't care. Like, like you, I don't care what you think. I don't care sure. about the anthem, how, how you feel about it or anything. I don't boycott movies because I don't like actors who don't think like me. I'm not closed minded like that. And I, I think you're the same way, but it's like at some point, absolutely. how are these guys going to make up for those billions of dollars in lost revenue? Well, Adam Silver, you know, you, you bring up a good point. After the bubble in Orlando, you, you talked about the TV ratings. Mm -hmm. Adam Silver came out after the NBA Finals, before this season began, and, and acknowledged that maybe the NBA went too far with their Black Lives Matter on the court and all over the place. And he said, you know, you need to actually, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't quote me on this. It was basically like, well, you know what, maybe we need to pay more attention and, and acknowledge the people that just want to, turn the game on to watch the game. Amen. And so you didn't see that when the regular season began. You didn't see, you know, the Black Lives Matter on the court and around the arena. Doesn't mean that they're not still preaching Black Lives Matter. Doesn't mean that they're still not focusing in on their own particular social justice issues and things that they want to as a league, but they're not stuffing it down people's throats like they did in Orlando. And even the commissioner, again, Adam Silver, acknowledged that. You know this, and I know this. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry, pro sports. Mm -hmm. And when their bottom line is affected, they are going to make amends and they're going to figure it out and they're going to try to reverse the course. The problem that they're going to have now, though, 
are the athletes that are playing on these sports have their own mission. They have their own idea of what they want to do, how it's going to be done. And in many instances, these sports commissioners are in a very difficult position because they owe it to their owners to make as much money as they can, but yet their athletes, their participants in their sport want to bring in social justice issues and things of that nature. It's going to be a real struggle for sports leagues because, again, it goes back to the almighty dollar. And we saw it in the NBA, and the commissioner came out and said, okay, we need to change course a little bit. It's going to be very interesting to see what the next five to ten years looks like in the landscape of professional sports. I, I agree with you. It's going to be – you know, you talk about generations passing it down the way your father did to you and the way my father did to me and the way you've done to your kids and, and my kids. What's going to happen when, when our children start having children? You know, are they going to continue to pass it down, or are they going to be turned off and turn away and do something else? That's going to be very interesting to see how that all turns out. Yeah, and it, you make some great points. And I, it, like I said, this year was was I, my heart was kind of broken. I know it sounds a little silly, but for people who who really build their, it's, it's kind of weird for me to say this, but I, I really kind of build my life around the seasons of sports. I know you did because sure. you've been in yes. completely into it for so many years. Uh, and for you know, my daughter and I, it would be the same routine every Sunday. We'd get up, we'd go to church, we'd go watch the game afterwards. We'd make food together. Yep. It's like for years since she was a baby. And this was the first year we didn't do that. And, um, you know, I just, I just, I'm hoping at some point that, um, we can all come to an agreement, stop trying to virtue signal and all come to an agreement that look, all lives do matter. Every single one of them, just like you said, um, all colors and we want to get along. We, we, we have to get along and, and, and we, we care about each other's issues. We want to listen to each other. Uh, but, but, yep. but having a sports franchise, um, jam it down your throat and then try to shame you into not, into, you know, not, not thinking the way they do is, um, is really, I think, unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's a recipe you know, for disaster. And, 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 yeah, and and the people that did have a problem, and there were some, of me saying all lives matter, every single one. My response is, why would why was I supposed to know that? Like, and they go, well, you should have known that. You know, you, you you're, and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't get the memo on that. I right. I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo that you're not supposed to say all lives matter every single one. Like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo on that. I missed that. And I, I'm not trying to be insensitive here because, listen, if, if, if all lives matter offends some people, then, you know, hey, I would say I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't ever want to offend anybody. But when you think about the statement, all lives matter, every single one, how on earth could anyone have a problem with that? Think about that. All lives matter, every single one. Why would any human being have a problem with that statement? Like, uh, you know, no, it's what unbelievable. What's wrong with all lives matter, every single one? I mean, are we really, are we canceling as a human being? Are we canceling someone really because they said all lives matter, every single one? Are there people out there that honestly, they don't believe that all lives matter? I mean, this is ridiculous. It's absurd. And yeah, I understand the, the conflict after I said it, that, you know, there are people in the black community that, that say, well, that, that goes against black lives matter. Well, you know, I didn't know that, I, and a lot of other people didn't know that. So you can say, well, you need to be more educated. Okay, I have my hand in the air. I need to be more educated. All right, I'm fine. I'll educate myself. But does that mean that I should have lost a 32-year career 
I mean, how asinine, how stupid is that? Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm losing my career because I said all lives matter, every single one. I, I mean, that's just mind-boggling to me. And I, I'm not trying to cry on your shoulder here, and I'm not asking for pity. I'm just trying to deal with common sense. Oh, yeah. Somebody no. can lose their livelihood because they said all lives matter, every single one. What the hell is wrong with our country? Seriously. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because when this happened, first of all, I read it in my, my daughter's mom text me. She said, did you, did you just see what happened to Grant? And I said, and I was, I was literally reading it as, as it happened, as you stepped down from the Sacramento Kings. And I said, I'm stunned. I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't even have any thoughts on it yet. I need to wrap my head around it. And because um, I know you, man, and I just I just know the kind of person that you are. And the first thing that I said to her and to others who asked me about it is, how the hell is Grant Napier supposed to know that saying all lives matter is su- supposedly a bad thing? Like, I didn't know that. And, and I'm not sure that anybody, I think the majority of, of Americans probably think the same exact thing. It's like, dude, I don't have a secret decoder ring. How am I supposed to figure out that that saying something so inclusive could could be misconstrued as, as so hateful? Hey. I told you, I had two referees, okay, uh, both white, by the way. Uh, one uh, officiated the NBA Finals in Orlando. I'm obviously not going to mention their names. Right. After I lost my job, they texted me. Could not believe it. The next day, one of the referees that worked in the NBA Finals said, I've had a lot of conversation with my friends about you, and I'm just telling you, I would have said all lives matter. And my friends all said they would have said all lives matter, that they had no idea that that was counter to Black Lives Matter. All right? So here's a referee that works in a predominantly black league, 85% African-American, and he didn't know it, and his friends didn't know it. Okay? Now, I'm not, again, looking for an out. I'm not looking for – I'm not making an excuse here. I'm just talking about reality. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, reality doesn't matter in the world anymore. People want to cancel – uh, no one wants to peel back the layers and look. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, you know, if you had told me, and I really mean this, if you had told me that I would have lost my job over anything to do with race, I would have given you 100 million to one odds, no way in the world I'll ever lose my job over anything to do with race. Now, I may get fired, I may lose my job, but I can tell you this, it will never, ever, ever, ever happen over anything to do with race. Right. And the fact that I lost my job over, again, something that has to do with race um, is so foreign to me. It is so, I, I still can't believe it, to be honest with you. And it's been, what, seven or eight months now, eight months. I still cannot believe it. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's so, uh, it, it's so sad. I'll use that word. Forget about me, sad. Our, our country, is, it's so sad that people can have their lives turned upside down when they didn't really do anything wrong. And I don't feel I did anything wrong. And I'm not going to ever apologize for saying all lives matter every single one. I will apologize, okay, if I offended somebody because they feel that all lives matter is counter to black lives matter. I would apologize for that because I don't want to offend anybody. But I'm not going to apologize for saying all lives matter every single one because my intent was, you know what, let's cut the crap and let's all come together. Let's put our arms around each other. Let's bridge together. And for once, let's have some damn unity in this country. That's what my mindset was. Yeah, and it's 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 funny. You know, 
like I said to other people as well when it was happening, you know, you know, Grant is not going to throw away uh, a very uh, prosperous and amazing career uh, because he has some sort of, you know, he's he's some sort of racist or has some sort of anti African American sentiment in his in his uh, in his body. I just I just know I just know him, and he's not like that. And and um, you know, to, to toss away a career like that, I thought that it was um, uh, cowardly of of the radio station to, to let you go. Um, I, it was cowardly. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Absolutely. 26 years on the radio. I don't have one thing written up in HR. I didn't do anything wrong in 26 years. I never once got called into the office to have my hand slapped. Never. Not no. once in 26 years. Okay. Not once in 26 years. And I get fired for saying all lives matter. Every single one. You're damn right the radio station and Bonneville is cowardly. You're damn right they're cowardly. That, yeah. That's just, uh, it, 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 uh, it, it, it defies logic. It defies common sense. It defies believability is what the hell it does. It does, and it reeks of wokeism because uh, I, I was there at that radio station, not when it was Bonneville, but when it was CBS. And, uh, you know, CBS. Yep. for people that don't know, Grant dominated the ratings. So, I mean, it, it was always Grant and then everybody else because – you were just great at your job. So for you to not only not have any run-ins, but also be super entertaining and, and have the ratings that you enjoyed with the sponsorships that you enjoyed, the money that you brought into that radio station, uh, people I don't think will understand or be able to calculate. And, and uh, yeah, again, for, for Bonneville, I, I, that was probably the thing that, that pissed me off the most. I was cause, cause I've been in that industry. And so, and so to, to see how somebody who brought in so much money to the company and who has been a, a model citizen and who was such a, uh, a, a public figure for them to just cut rope and run and hide away, uh, was just so cowardly that it was, uh, it, it, made, it was almost nauseating. And it just, uh, I, I was so frustrated. I, I wanted to reach out to you when it happened, but um, I, I, I waited for the dust to settle. And, and um, you know, I, I, I figured you would be kind of doing your thing at some point, in which you are yep. now. And uh, I know that you're hosting your podcast. I, I know that I've listened to it. I know it, it sounds like the old Grant Napier show on Sports 1140. And I know that, you know, people yep. can go to Spotify and iTunes and, and I think Google Podcasts as well. And um, they can subscribe and listen. Super entertaining. Um, let me ask you a couple questions about sports as we wrap up here. Because I, sure. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. Um, on the Sacramento Kings, right? So uh, everybody's, you know, I, I keep seeing on social media, everyone's like, well, lost again, you know, fantastic, Luke. Yep. And all of a sudden, so I, I, and I know because you're one who has never held back uh, on your opinions nope. about, even if it, even if it didn't paint the Kings in a perfect light, you were always honest with the people. What's going on with the That's Sacramento good. Kings and what do they need to do to fix it? Well, it's embarrassing. You know, I mean, there's really no other way to say it. I mean, once again, they're in an embarrassing uh, situation. Uh, a lot of people are jumping on Luke Walton. It's, how many coaches do you have to go through before you realize that it's not coaching? I mean, right. I, I, you know, it's just it's the, the whole organization right now, it's just sad. It, you know, you look at, for instance, you look at a team like the Phoenix Suns. I think they're fourth in the West right now. They are, yeah. And in the Aaron Fox draft, okay, who went fifth, they took Josh Jackson at number four, who turned out to be an absolute bust, okay? Yeah. So think about that. Four years ago, they had the fourth pick in the draft, ended up being a bust. All right? The Kings took the Aaron Fox number five. 
the Phoenix Suns have found a way, despite all of their mistakes, to now turn things around and be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. You look at a team like Memphis, okay, who was as bad as the Kings, and they were able to turn around their franchise and are ascending. And I, you can just about pick any team out in the West and use them as an example, and they have been able to figure it out, get better, become a playoff-type caliber team, and then the Kings always are in the same rut over and over and over and over again. I really feel bad for the fans yeah. because I got to tell you, I don't see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel right now. I really don't. I don't see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating because this team just never seems to get better. They never seem to get over the hump. And it's the old cliche, take one step forward and two steps back. You know, one step forward, two steps back. Two steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, four steps back. I mean, no, it's unbelievable. They yep. just they, they, they don't ever get out of their own way. And then finally... Utah Jazz right now, best record in the NBA. Yep. Um, is it still going to be the? Is it going to be the Utah Jazz this year, or is it still the Lakers um, to lose? Because Lakers haven't looked very good lately. So, well, you know, because Anthony Davis has been hurt. Uh, here's the bottom line: if the Lakers are healthy, if they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis healthy when the playoffs begin, uh, I still think they're the other team to beat. They're the two of the five best players in the world, and when you get to that level of play. You need to have those type of players healthy. I still think the Lakers are the team to beat uh, in the West. I'll tell you, though, I love the Jazz. I love that Mike Conley looks like the Mike Conley that we used to see in Memphis. I love Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I look at what – I'm a huge, huge, huge Rudy Gobert fan. I look at what else they've done. You know, Bogdanovich, great shooter, Joe Ingles. I mean, I like that team a lot. I think Quinn Snyder's done a marvelous job. I actually root for the Jazz. I like, I like their makeup. I like the city. I like the ownership. I like everything about that franchise. I like the way they go about their business. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the fact that they're having success. And you know what I like? Nobody across the league is talking about them. Everybody's talking about Brooklyn. Everybody's talking about the Lakers. And You know what? Uh, no one's giving the Jazz credit. And all they do, quietly they're going out and win. Now, you know this as well as I do. It's going to, you know, we're going to be talking about whether this team's for real or not based on what happens when the postseason begins. Yeah. You know, you can look great in the regular season. We saw it with the Atlanta Hawks when they won over 60 games and they fizzled out. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks the last two years, right? That's record in the East. People think, oh, it's going to be their turn and they don't even make it to the finals. So, yeah, the Jazz look great right now, but they got to do it when it, when it counts and that's what they'll be judged on. Grant Napier, you can uh, currently hear him as he hosts his own podcast. It is, uh, if you don't like that, you need to go check it out. Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, it's it's what you're used to hearing from Grant Napier. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us, man. I, I know that it's late over there on the East Coast. So uh, thank you so much All for good. taking the time. Hey, man, I'm happy to do it. Anytime you need me, you give me a call. I love chatting with you. Good stuff. I'm happy to do it. All right. I appreciate you, Grant. Hey, man, listen, thanks again, and uh, I will be uh, keeping in touch with you. Sounds good, man. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you to Grant Napier for taking the time, and thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this first debut episode of Fearless with Boondock. 
It's real simple. Go to Spotify and iTunes and you can subscribe. And then that way you can get updates and alerts when new shows happen, which will happen every single week. You can also go to the podcast lounge, edh.com, and you can see all of our shows underneath the Boondock Underground umbrella. It's time to have conversations. Can't walk in fear anymore. You can't stay in silence, but we have to have open dialogue, respectful back and forth. It's time to take a stand. We can do that and be respectful of each other at the same time, but you cannot compromise what you know is right in your heart. And you shouldn't be made to feel bad about yourself for wanting freedom and liberty for you and your family. You can respect other people and still enjoy the things that you have always enjoyed as a liberty-loving human being in this country, the greatest country on planet Earth. So subscribe, listen, everything is free. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that as well at the podcast lounge, edh.com. Rise up, start having discussions. Don't be afraid. Talk to your families about this. Talk to your kids, get involved. Don't just complain. It's time to do something. It's time to do something and you can do it right now. Make sure you continue to listen to Fearless with Boondock. See you next week.